G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Because we're going to talk about sport and we're going to talk about your own aspirations, whether it be in business, uh, whether it be in family, community, uh, whether it be in any of the elements that we live in our lives. But when we think of sporting success, it's easy to think that the focus is purely on the preparation of the athlete. Now, what we might be talking is physical preparation and mental preparation. But a deeper conversation today about a third dimension. And our special guest today recognises there must be more to coaching people than performance alone. He says there's a crucial third dimension, a spiritual dimension, especially valuable for coaches and leaders to understand who are shaping the thoughts and identity and the purposes of those who are emerging leaders and even sporting champions. And if a third dimension is important for the champions of the sports field, perhaps there are some takeaways for all of us, whether sporting champions or those of us aspiring to live a life that counts for a kingdom purpose. So our special guest over this coming hour, Sean Hart, is back with us, a genuine AFL legend of the game. He played his best years as a Brisbane Lions player, three times premiership winner. That's no mean feat. And also uh, one of those wonderful accolades, Norm Smith medalist in that first grand final he played back in 2001. These days he works with the football program at Bond University in 3D coaching. Sean Hart. Special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you and a great introduction. Really good summary, I think, of what we'll talk about and certainly uh, what's uh, really pressing on my heart in terms of uh, helping leaders and coaches um, be the best they can be. Let's talk about 3D, uh, 3D coaching. I mean, you know, some of us are familiar with 2D. Uh, when we're watching a typical TV screen, it's two-dimensional, and someone puts some special glasses on, you've got a 3D image, uh, you know, all sorts of things like that. What's 3D coaching? Well, ultimately, 3D, uh, three-dimensional, uh, refers to um, our being. Um, you know, we are body, mind, and spirit. The uh, Bible says body, soul, and spirit, of course. Body, mind, and spirit is what most of us will know and, and most of us, the language we talk. And yet it seems like um, a lot of what we uh, talk about or focus predominantly on is body and mind, and, and particularly in sport. Uh, particularly, we, we focus on the preparation, as you said, of the athlete and the performer uh, and he, his or her physical attributes, tactics, skills, those sorts of things, what we would uh, put into the first dimension um, of, of sport and of, uh, of coaching sport. And those things are very much uh, connected to the particular sport so they'll be they'll they'll change the the attributes will change according to the sport that you're trying to prepare an athlete for the second dimension is the other key element that uh, we've moved significantly into in the last 20 years in in the sporting realm and that's the the psychology of of sport and the mental side of sport and and helping athletes deal with anxiety and pressure and um, and that that fear of failure and those sorts of things so so in in that dimension we talk emotions 
confidence, motivation, team cohesion, goals, those sorts of things. And, and that's predominantly where the focus is in, in the sport. But, but there's an element of the reality that if, if coaches can understand, leaders can understand we are three-dimensional beings, the third dimension of that is the key dimension. It's the epicenter of who we are ultimately. Uh, it's, it is the, the heart and the spirit is what we call the third dimension. And it contains six elements, and I'll throw them out there uh, just early. I know we'll, we'll cover a little bit of it, but identity, purpose, value, self-worth, character, and significance. Those six elements are enormous in terms of building a foundation for a person where ultimately the performance can be the outcome that comes from getting that part of the person, that part of the being right. And and just to finish that thought, we, we like to say that uh, by definition, to neglect any one of those three dimensions of the being is to not help a person reach their full potential. And you know, in this day and age, which is so much more secularised than it's ever been, and some say it will be a deepening secularising, uh, if you don't have your own appreciation and understanding of spirituality, and that's a very general term, and uh, honour to you, you've been so open with your Christian faith, even at the peak of your sporting career, and uh, you never, uh, you never sort of, you know, uh, fall short of being able to declare your own faith in Christ, which is such an important element. But if you don't have this sort of idea of spirituality, you haven't got much of an, a hope to understand this three, this third dimension, have you? Yeah, I think uh, absolutely. I think the reality is the third dimension is also caught up in faith and belief. And what, where, where does a person put that ultimately? Uh, because you can certainly in the second dimension think about what you believe, but ultimately uh, my, my reality uh, for the whole idea of anxiety and pressure and, and mental challenges for athletes is that not too many of them solve them purely through just thinking differently just getting a mindset change necessarily. Yes, there's certainly some help that sports psychologists will give, but I believe that the foundation of that person is so much more caught up in uh, issues related to how they see themselves. What, what, who, who are you like? What's your identity? What, what's, what's the purpose, the purpose beyond the sport and the win or the loss, the performance of what you're doing? Because they're the things that whether we win, lose, fail miserably, we don't reach a goal, they're the things we can keep coming back to that give us a foundation to continue to persevere, to continue to overcome, uh, to continue to actually stand strong when others might be even speaking uh, negatively to us, but we can stand on a foundation. Uh, Athletes, every person needs that type of foundation to be able to come back to. So we need to help people understand who they are, purpose, those significant key things we believe are contained in the third dimension of, of a person's being, uh, the epicenter of who they are. And when people can understand those things and find the truth of those things for themselves and then the right, the, the, the true identity, the true purpose that their life's about, we, we believe that, that they have a foundation for, for their best, best performance, their personal best, as we like to say as well, uh, but also just to be great leaders and to understand what's happening, the circumstances, work through those and, and to be successful no matter what. You know, uh, I've on a little tangent here, uh, and we'll obviously we'll keep some sport at the centre of our conversation. And uh, for others who want to take that deeper, of course, this has got application way beyond that. But when we're talking about sport and 
the thought that I had was when you've got a, you might even be a, a kid's sports team, but someone from the community, so we could be talking about communities, whether it's in our capital cities or regional centres or even small country towns, sometimes the sports chaplain actually brings that dimension because it doesn't just sort of magically appear. It's got to come from somewhere. So that person who might be a sports chaplain and uh, they're responsible maybe across a whole lot of different age groups and different uh, you know levels of, of sport in their town, are they bringing that sort of dimension, do you think, just by their presence and the sorts of things they might contribute? Without a doubt, Neil, there's, there's no doubt for me, my personal story, I won't go into that, is definitely uh, has been influenced by the role of a sports chaplain in, in my sporting career. But I think that's the, the reality. That's a great picture of what, what a chaplain brings into a sporting organisation is uh, what I, I would like to help coaches and leaders understand they need to... Uh, uh, carry themselves. They need to possess themselves so that they can also have an understanding of each of the dimensions of a person and how to actually build strategies uh, in their leadership and in, in their coaching of people to help people in every one of those elements, every one of those dimensions, I should say. And so as a chaplain comes in and brings all of those things, and, and clearly a chaplain is a far more a far more position to be someone a confident to people, you know, someone who gets outside of the performance arm within sport uh, and and business, whatever it might be, but helps people journey really well, um, so that they can be performers within there and and deal with some stuff. But but I think see chaplains would come in and they would they would be incredibly uh, valued of the person uh, the person first of all their value as a person first of all their life their family all those sorts of things. I don't think there's much of a shift, to be honest, to help coaches and leaders focus there. My my desire, though, is to help those who come in with a real performance lens, leaders who come in with a real performance lens, let's say a first dimension lens, it's all about skills and getting our people to achieve results, thinking too much about results as as key instead of actually the final piece of getting people right, people right in their mindset and people right in their heart and their spirit and their identity, those sorts of things, because we believe putting the second, third dimension together, doing great leadership in that space produces uh, people who then are able to be confident enough deal with the emotion, the pressure, and, and perform at a high level consistently. And, you know, this third dimension comes into focus, doesn't it? Uh, because, as you say, you can just have uh, the coach and uh, they might be, you know, employing all sorts of great sports psychology and, and uh, training an athlete to perform well on the sports field. But this has been part of your story too, just to bring this in, because there were times in your own career where you were performing at a high level on the sports field, but behind the scenes, you were battling all sorts of things to do with identity and purpose and really even, you know, bringing out sort of depression in your own life. Give us some thought here about how this third dimension works with the way that we actually see ourselves as being valuable. Yeah, really good. I think for me, and if I keep it personal, a bit of, a bit of personal story, not too much, but just a little bit, I think hopefully the listeners can, can understand. I, I found, in, in as quick detail as I can share, I found in my journey, when I came to a really dark place, I discovered that I was building my uh, life uh, and in my purpose and my whole identity on becoming a, uh, a famous and successful footballer. 
that's what it was. You know, that was, but, but, in, but in essence, if I think of that, that's just a goal, to be honest. That's just a goal. I'm trying to get to a goal, if you know what I mean. But for me, it was purpose. It was identity. It was everything. It was everything. And so, you know, in, in anything we do, we can have such a focus on performance that when we don't perform, all of a sudden, our world can crumble. You know, and or if we feel like our leader is just caring about transactional, we say, just caring about what I'm producing, right, then all of a sudden the pressure can be on and we don't feel like there's a relationship, there's no internal motivation to, to work for that vision. But, but when we shift that, when we shift that, and for me, I had to understand that actually my identity and my purpose is not, you know, not in, not in football ultimately. That's, that's something that I'm blessed to be able to do. Uh, and I'd love to be able to do it really well, and 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 my goal is to to become a successful AFL player ultimately. But trying to live in that as my full identity, my whole purpose. When it didn't, when it when it started to collapse on me, all of a sudden my whole world collapsed, and that was the reality. That's what uh, took me into a really dark, depressed place for a good six week period in in my career. And so for me, it is you know that that can be for anyone um, childhood trauma. It could be. Uh, something that's just gone on um, in a family while a sports person's trying to make their pathway. So, so how do you how do you deal with those things properly? Because if you just try to deal with them in the mental space and then get a person back on track so they can perform, uh, how do we deal with those things? To be to be honest, I I like to say to people that the reality of a lot of the trauma that happens that um, currently is uh, dealt with in a mental health uh, microscope. Um, I believe most of it is is connected to things like identity, things like purpose, things like self worth. You know, things that are, are people are getting attacked on social media, attacking their their self worth. It's 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 attacking their their heart, their spirit, their, their the the center of who they are. Uh, and yes, they can they can get some help in the mental space with that, but ultimately they need a foundation that that they can stand on that um, helps them overcome those things that I think are really so. In other words, the third dimension elements I believe are. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the the root cause of the mental health battles. And having a grounded Christian faith enables you to address some of those really important foundations for your life. There's, there's no doubt. That's, that's personally where I was able to um, get led to, to be honest. I, I help, was helped by a chaplain and by my wife in a really dark time of my life and to really stand on... Um, a true identity, you know, a true purpose beyond performance, you know, and, and from, you know, literally from there and from that support I've been given and, and my passion ultimately through my own story is, is to flip a narrative because sport and life can become so much about trying to reach a performance-based identity. So in other words, the performance is coming before the identity arrives, right? We've got to get to a place. We've got to achieve something before we can get security and identity in who we are. But uh, my passion is to flip that narrative um, and to flip it and to make it identity-based performance. So put the identity, put the person first, which is what we always should do, always have to do. Get the person right and the identity right of the person, and that will eventually become performance. So flipping that narrative, performance-based identity to identity-based performance. Sean, let's talk how this works in practice uh, what are your thoughts here? Because the role of the coach or the leader has to go beyond what you said was just like a transactional thing. I don't turn up for the for the session, uh, and that's all that there is to it. What goes beyond that? What do you what do you say to people to say? What does this look like in practice if you're bringing this third dimension? 
Yeah, so in, in, in three-dimensional coaching leadership, we talk about developing, creating strategies uh, to capture the hearts of people. We talk, again, heart and spirit, third dimension, to capture the hearts of people and to lead people ultimately in that dimension, certainly in the second dimension. And certainly, we want people to be leaders and powerful leaders in every every one of the three dimensions. Practically, that's a great question, Neil, because for me, uh, that strategy that, you know, if you talk to people, if I talk to people, people go, well, tell me about something that you do that, that makes a difference in that, that dimension. So if I talked about a uh, strategy, I might talk about the spotlight drill, for instance. And the spotlight drill is something we actually did with a group of 60 young people uh, at a school leadership summit in Victoria last week. And so we asked them to get in groups of four and we demonstrated to them how we would put one person in the spotlight right, on a seat, so they're the spotlighted person, and we would ask them to speak into that person, so to so to speak personally to that person, to let that person know what uh, character they see in that person and what uh, they love about that person, you know, whether it be their, their, their friend or just something they've seen in them, but to actually speak into that person, not to talk about their performance, but to talk about them as a person. Because in our culture in Australia and in sport, we love to uh, have a joke and pull people down, but but this incredible power of encouragement, as we talked about, and 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 to, to sit and to listen to some of these young people as a high school students start to do that and start to speak life into each other and speak and and help people see maybe what they didn't even recognise in themselves is just so powerful. You know, it, it, it creates tears. It's what I would call one of those vulnerable vulnerable positions that we just don't go to enough. But but three dimensional leaders, coaches learn that there's incredible power in that. There's incredible power in capturing the hearts of people and then you get deep connection, deep trust, and then you can have the conversations you need to have about uh, with people that set them up for great performance in the future. So that's that's the little strategy. I've got a, a friend, particularly Cade in Canberra, a coach, a pastor down there and, and a leader down there, and he implements strategies like that and other things particularly. Uh, we do it at Bond, of course. I'm, I'm building that. I only one year at Bond, so I'm going to keep building on some of these strategies. But in Canberra, Cade's been doing that for many years, and some of the stories of transformation in the life of people because we're, we're, we're stepping into the lives of athletes. We're stepping into the lives of the people we work with. We're not just meeting with them daily, talking about performance, talking about where we're trying to get to. That's it. You know, surface type relationships. We're doing deep relationships. We're doing life together, not just business or sport, but there's a bigger picture for why we're together. The people who are prepared to go to that level will capture the hearts of people and they will transform lives. They'll be transformational leaders, transformational coaches, and that's what we're passionate about creating. We're not used to having people examine our character and look for the good things. Mm. Uh, most people are very quick to find the bad things in our character. Easy to say. So if you identify the good things and then, as you say, you know, you speak into that person's life, it's a little bit aligned, I think, and I'm just sort of uh, bringing a biblical uh, thought here, the blessing of God. And it comes through the lips of someone. If it comes through the lips of the coach or the leader or your friends, uh, something actually does transform in the relationship. And we actually then have a special bond with the person who's actually saying those nice things about us. Yes, yes. Incredible, isn't it? Like we talk about uh, funeral topics. So do we wait for a funeral to tell people about what was special about a person? Is that the first time we actually say what we should have said a hundred times when we walk past that person or when we work to that work with that person? Um, and, and we also like to say if you if you if you walk past someone you don't say it, it doesn't count. So say it. 
So say we, we want people to be able to learn, to be able to say say things, say the right things to people. Yeah, you've got to be able to you know, have the challenging conversation sometimes, the conflict sometimes. Sometimes that's really healthy, but but certainly this whole idea that that people so so Neil, if if we think about that, the reality of what's happening in our businesses and our sporting clubs, um, where people are anxious and a bit insecure because they don't know what people think of them. But imagine they do know what people think of them. Now, imagine they do understand that, wow, is that what you really see? I never, never would have thought that people would think that about me. You know, sometimes it's interesting. At the end of my career, I got some incredible feedback from coaches and players about how I in, impacted and influenced them. I didn't get it. Sorry, I did get a little bit along the way, but not much. And other players would be the same. I'm not saying that as a negative to me, but I'm just saying, imagine we continually uplifted, encouraged, celebrated one another. My goodness, all of a sudden, our identity is going to be stronger. Our self-worth, our value is going to be stronger. We're going to be like a rock. When they, those waves come at us, we'll be fine. We'll just charge through there and we'll continue to perform because we're standing on this foundation that's being established, not just by the people around us, but just by the way we speak into ourselves as well. We start to have language about ourselves that's different. It's not shame. It's not guilt. It's not um, you know, all this stuff that's negative, but it's actually the rights, the stuff that, again, that ultimately I, I know God intended it for us to have in our heart and in our mind. Slightly off topic, uh, I read an article just this past week. Uh, was, it was about husband whispering. Ooh. As I say, this is a little off topic, but in some sense here, you know, oftentimes even within a marriage, you've got uh, one partner uh, bickering, arguing, finding every fault with the other. And uh, the essence of this article, and I don't think it was even a Christian article, but it was about uh, saying those things which will reinforce the value of your spouse and you will see your marriage transformed. Now, that's a very simplistic way of saying it, but I think there's something of a similarity. So even when we're talking about the sports analogy and how this works in sport and raising up champions, uh, it's going to work across a lot of dimensions of our lives, the way we speak into people's lives. Let's take a call before news. Heather is in Harvey Bay in Queensland. Hi, Heather. Welcome. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Sean. So good to hear you both again. Um, I just say Sean followed every every game and thoroughly enjoyed it. Still a Brisbane Lions supporter. However, um, in this conversation, I really, really believe in what you're doing. And um, and to take it back to a biblical context, um, it's sort of like the change between Saul and Paul that God had to change Paul so his identity gave him his purpose. Wonderful, so, wonderful insight, Katie. Uh, what are you feeling about that sort of, you know, that uh, Damascus Road experience, uh, Sean? Oh, exceptional. What a great example. Totally, totally it's perfect, really. You've got great, a great comment and just a great thing to ponder on the reality of the way God operated with uh, Saul to Paul. It's, it's dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Called, called him uh, to his true mission, his true identity and his true purpose, his true mission. Well done. That's outstanding. Katie, thank you so much for your call. We'll take some more calls after Vision National News. And, uh, you know, I suspect there's some who are recognising there are some profound things that are coming in this conversation. And if you're a parent and you're raising children and teenagers, this is a conversation that's also got such an amazing application. Our special guest is Sean Hart, AFL legend, a three-time premiership winner, 
Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about a third dimension. One of those dimensions, it's perhaps more difficult to understand. If you're already a Christian believer, perhaps it's easier to understand, but we're talking about how that actually practically works out in our lives, whether it's in a sporting context or it's in our careers or our relationships or our church or even the kingdom of God and the sorts of aspirations you might have. Hey, uh, before we take another call, and uh, we've got a caller just waiting patiently, uh, but Sean, young people today, growing up in a certain style, uh, atmosphere in this generation, and where they're getting their value from, oftentimes is not those biblical Christian foundations we're liking to talk about. They're getting it from other sources, and they're jumping on the bandwagon with all sorts of different identities. What are your thoughts for young people today? Well, certainly what a great, great thought. Uh, social media and media generally and just what they're feeding themselves these days, young, this generation certainly is uh, defining for them who they are, their identity in, in all sorts of ways and their value and their self-worth and whether it be positively or often oftentimes negatively uh, impacting those things uh, I think my my simple thought is that uh, our greatest endeavor to help young people tr- find a true identity find their true identity and purpose in life is so significant because it's only it's only when they can stand on an identity and purpose that is solid it's a rock ultimately uh, that they as I said that they can withstand what the world's throwing at them these days and uh, yeah, sadly, if, if we truly, if we do look at social media, we look at suicide statistics, and I don't want to, but the reality is it's a, it's a pandemic. Talk about pandemics, epidemic. It's a pandemic in our world, in our country and in our world. Um, what, what part of that is to do with the attack on the identity of people? The bullying, which is an attack on the identity of a young person or any person, to be honest, and a young girl potentially takes her life. We've heard that story. What's you know? What's the attack on um, someone's who knows race, whatever it might be, online social media that then causes someone to feel devalued, to 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 spiral out of uh, no because of an identity attack. You know, it's 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 enormous what's happening for young people these days. Hence, why this area, whole idea area of identity. You know, identity is an identity politics battle going on. To be I honest, know, yes. <laughs> reality says, but we won't go into that. But there's so much happening in that space. Anyone that is either confusion or there's uh, conflict, or th- there's just a need to be able to really help uh, people start to think about what is my true identity. Why am I here? And when we come back to uh, a biblical foundation, our Christian faith, um, even Genesis chapter one. We're made by God, created in his image, Uh, man and woman. We have intrinsic value because of that very sound principle. If we're looking at identity, that's a place to start, isn't it? Just the very first chapter of Genesis. starting platform, very powerful. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Katie, who is in nil in, uh, uh, where is nil again, Country Victoria, is it? Country Victoria. Uh, Yeah, it's an hour from Horsham. (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful. I had a middle blank there for a moment. Hey, Katie, no, what are your thoughts? Uh, hi, Neil and Sean. Um, sorry, yeah, uh, privileged to speak to you both. And sorry, I don't know much about football, but and pardon the pun, but what you're talking about is my heart. This is 
<laughs> this is my subject. Sorry, that I, I'm not a coach. I'm actually I'm trying to restart my business, which I've called up about before, and I'm about to do that uh, with the Lord's help. Um, but uh, my heart is to help young girls. I'm a very late bloomer. I'm 53 years old, and I've been through. I've had a pretty hectic life. Um, but I started a, a business a few years ago, actually, at the start of COVID, and I went from like zero income to you know some weeks I was you know, on my own, working online, three to $5,000 a week. Wow. And I found my identity in that business, but um, I had some personal problems. I had stuff going on at home. Uh, my children's father had passed away also at the start of COVID. I was helping one of my children. And I found, like, you know, because in the Opal industry, I thought I was making friends, quote, unquote, if that makes any sense. And then when I was helping my son and I started to struggle, this was last year, people started, it just, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but people put out videos, started trolling me online, and I just lost the plot. Like, and so it's been a year. A lot of stuff's happened between now and then, but my heart is also to help young girls because I was dealing with 40 years of PTSD, which I've now started to deal with. Um, because if I had not had my identity in Christ, because I didn't really have any support at home or anywhere, I've had to be like David and encourage myself in the Lord. If I did not believe that Jesus loves me and has a plan for my life, I would have just given up. Katie, I think you're sharing some golden wisdom here. Beautiful. Sean, your thoughts for Katie? Yeah, again, that's why I use the word leadership, Katie, uh, because it's significant. We are all leaders. We all have a leadership influence, whether that be small or or enormous. And uh, I can sense yours is uh, growing and about to explode, to be honest, as you start to step into a call into a space that that you can speak uh, intimately into. The other thing I wanted to say is that you mentioned I'm not a coach. You know, I just like to love, I love to encourage people that this is the simplicity of great coaching for me. It's the ability to ask great open-ended questions and be an incredibly good deep listener. Those two, those two skills, if you can do that, you don't need a certificate to say you're a coach. You can become an incredible coach. And I, I want to say to you, I, I believe that's what, God will call you into in this season that you will be able to do those two things to young women and help them uh, truly find uh, their identity and the pathway that God has wants to put them on as well. So awesome. Uh, it's incredible just uh, how your story speaks directly to what Neil and I have just spoken about. Katie, while I've got you here, Sean, speaking into people's lives, um, by asking the right questions. Sometimes we think we've got to know all the answers uh, to be a coach or a leader. It's identifying the right questions. Uh, so, you know, for Katie and, you know, she's speaking into the lives of these young women, um, what, sort of, what sort of things do you think, you know, might just bring out the best uh, for Katie as she's thinking about uh, these young women that she's speaking into? You mean in terms of questions? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, is there is there a sort of a life dimension? Yes. Is there a aspiration for your career, for your future, for, you know, the relationships you'll have? Yes. The questions you so might ask. coaching or leading, let's just use both those terms, is obviously a an ongoing opportunity. But for me, I, I think the, the initial part for Katie and her story is that she would be able to be uh, vulnerable to, at the right level initially to be able to help speak uh, the truth of her journey into a young lady who would then be able to go, okay, now I can connect with your story, understand that you can have some empathy for, for my situation or my you know, what I'm going through. That then 
I, I, as I like to say, vulnerability begets vulnerability. Like generosity begets generosity. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. So as we open ourselves and our own story and share, uh, other people feel confident that because we've been vulnerable, they can be vulnerable and trust. And, and from there it becomes, I think, uh, uh, it's the ability to deeply listen uh, that Katie will, I'm sure, she, she sounds like she's just got that, that heart to listen uh, and then she will be able to resonate with that story and find a way to be able to ask the question that most likely she has herself understood about her own journey. So that because the, the great question part is that, that people need to be able to discover their story is not the same as yours. There's similarities, but they need to be able to discover and speak out of. In other words, answer your open-ended question, speak out of their experience by answering that question. As you listen, you'll hear something that that they say that you go, well, I wonder if I should then ask this question so that they can speak more about it, so they can unpack what they haven't unpacked before. Because as they unpack it, as they share it, as they're vulnerable, that deep connection happens and they and they start to work through that situation and you help them walk in faith out of that situation. That's what I think will happen. Katie, thank you so much for calling in. And 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to join in our conversation and just very quickly, um, I've just uh, farewelled Katie, but... She did say, you know, with her new business, uh, some weeks, oh, three to $5,000. And you feel good in those times, uh, but then there'll be a week where the sales are very thin. And, you know, you can be crushed by things that when, when you, you know, it's not going so well. This is where identity is so powerful too, Sean. Yeah, yeah, very good, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not all rosy. There's, there's ups and downs. There's things that just are going to happen all of a sudden. Um, yeah, even in the last last week, about a, a a note from a friend in Adelaide, his wife all of a sudden went in for a uh, the removal of a um, of gallbladder and um, has had shocking complications in that and is, was has been on life support because of that. So you know, this is a lady with a couple of young kids and that, and and you just you just that's a, a traumatic situation. There's what you're talking about is that a day might not go well in business, whatever it might be. There is so much that might happen, but again, that's why the it's it's prevention of the the mental health stuff that people deal with. But ultimately, it's actually building people the way they are intended to be built on the right foundation. That's that's ultimately what this life should be about, and the leadership and the coaching we give people should be about. And I think that's that's the story there that that we need to just change our perspective instead of having such a performance focus. Make sure that's the last piece. We talk about outcomes and we talk about a process of building people so that the performance, the personal best can follow. Let's take another call. Rodney is in Adelaide. Hello, Rodney. Welcome along. G'day there, guys. Um, Lovely to be on the radio talking to you. Lovely to have you on, Rodney. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, Sean, what you're doing is is so closely aligned with the work of uh, Roy Godwin, who wrote a book called um, uh, Blessing. You know, um, we will bless them. So many books about blessing. And um, when we're speaking affirmation to people, um, generally what we don't want to be doing is just coming out with nice things that it's like rubbing their back and saying sweet sweet nothings that don't mean anything, but really pressing into God and okay, Lord, what are you what do you want for this person? What what are your desires for this person and being able to share them and bless them that they can fulfil their godly calling. And it's um, beautiful what you're doing and I think that's exactly what you're tapping into. Yeah, fantastic. Sean. 
Yeah, I think it it has to be authentic. You're right. It, there's no doubt. And when we do that spotlight drill, uh, as I said, sometimes there's a, an incredible emotion that flows. It's real evidence that it's it's authentic. It's genuine. It's something that someone's probably almost been holding on to for a while. They have walked past and not said it. Uh, but being able to break the awkwardness, but but actually help people uh, and facilitate people to say something really authentically, really personally. Um, that's that's that that's the transformational. Or that it's a transaction from from spirit to spirit, heart to heart. But it's a transformational um, uh, activity that happens instead of, like you said, just doing something, saying something, trying to make some up, something up. It's actually needing to be authentic. But it's it is it's a blessing, um, and I really appreciate it. I'll go and have a look at that book. I thank you for that lead. Rodney Hall, uh, Rodney, what was the name of the book again? Just uh, for listeners who might be wanting to jot that down. Uh, look, he's written a number of books, but the one comes to mind immediately is The Way of Blessing. Wonderful. He's uh, yeah made a whole lifestyle of it. Yep. Absolutely fabulous, The Way of Blessing, and uh, there'll be a number of books that will be about blessing. I had a guest on just recently who was, uh, his whole ministry is about blessing, and uh, so you might want to search for that on the app. Hey, Rodney, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. We might have time for another call or two. Hey, Sean, let me ask you, um, when you're trying to you know reposition yourself, um, understanding your identity. And, you know, for listeners who've listened to our conversation, they'll be thinking, yes, uh, Sean is saying, I need to have my identity in Christ. Uh, but if I'm really going to be honest with myself, my identity might have been shaped by all sorts of strange factors, very worldly factors, a worldliness, um, you know, aligning with some of the victimhood uh, that, you know, that gets around with identity politics that we sometimes talk about. Uh, building on what the world might offer, uh, we will say it, and sometimes, you know, we want substance to it. Building on what the world offers leads to destruction. Um, finding that narrow way that leads to life is where we're really wanting to be. Any thoughts here about building on right, firm foundations? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a, um, the word you use, sorry, re- repositioning. Repositioning, thank you. I thought it was. <laughs> I was going to say that, and I thought, is that right? <laughs> repositioning. Yes, there's definitely, again, that, that's, that process has probably always started with a, a reality that I want to sit down and I want to think through this stuff because I think most of the time we just continue to live for the day and we don't really sit and think about the big questions of life. You know, why am I here? What's my purpose? You now, where am I going? What what what's all what's today about? What's this year about? All of those things we don't probably do that enough. But but the reality is um, that uh, we. Lost my train of thought. We um, just just well, help me again. You know, when we're talking uh, building your life on the worldliness, thank, thank uh, you. Leaving that three dimension to the side. I'm back. I'm back. And saying got... I'm all about money. Yes. It might even be greed. I wouldn't call that, call it that. Uh, there might be all sorts of other dimensions to the things that I'm going to build my life on. It's going to be trampling over others to get to the top and the yeah, corporate very, ladder. Yeah, very good. I was those going to add the, the thought of circumstances as well mm, and yep. and those things that happen to people and those things that can define people. You know, a marriage breakdown can impact a person for their whole life. I know exactly. a friend, it, it did, you know, as if, as if they were a failure because mum and dad didn't stay together. You know, those sorts of things can be trauma that, are, that creates identity. As you said, within the world, there is literally who knows how many things we could try to find our identity in, whether it be today or for the next month or the next year or our whole life. We can try to find our identity in a whole lot of things that the world offers. 
But ultimately, I, I know personally, many people know, uh, that's why it's so important to be able to sit down and actually take a really great look at who am I? Why am I here? And actually define your identity and per- get get a get clarity on that. Because if we continue to go with a with a fragile identity or no identity at all, or just grab onto this thing today and this thing tomorrow, um, little joys here and there, we're 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 going to find ourselves in that spot that that place of being lost, which I've been in before. That place of being broken, which I've been in before. That place of being empty, which I and many athletes have been in before. In fact, twenty percent of athletes will suffer a mental health challenge in their reality in their life you know as well as society is probably very similar so it's because we are not building our, our lives on on, on identif- identity and purpose those significant things we're just trying to find in all sorts of other ways within the world we'll come back to that 20 percent of athletes in a moment but let's squeeze in one more call james is in kyabram in victoria hey james welcome along G'day, Neil. G'day. Um, yeah, just uh, thinking uh, about the prodigal son. So the prodigal son could be wearing a dress these days uh, or <laughs> the daughter could be dressing like a son. Still prodigal, still prodigal. And I'm so appreciative of that because God's calling me deeper into a prayer thing. But, uh, you know, just thinking about the fact that he's put eternity in everyone's heart. Very he good. has placed eternity. So it's God's desire. Like, there's no children in hell. There's no children in hell. All the children are in heaven, so they can be Iraqi, they can be wearing a dress, they can be throwing missiles, they can be doing that. But if they're a child, they're going to heaven. And, uh, and the prodigals are out there, and we've just got to keep praying for them. They need their identity. I hear that. So, but he came back to his senses, Luke 15, 17. He, he came to his senses. He ca- thank God for the senses, eh? What do you, you know, like, praise him, praise him for our senses, that there is another sense, the sense of eternity, the sense of eternity, uh, you know, he he remembered uh, how warm and how good it was at home when he was eating out of the pig trough. Uh, there's something special, I think, in there uh, to talk about how we actually build these foundations into our children so that when they're going through how they're forming their identity and running off into worldliness, that they might come back to that thing that they know is strong. Any further thoughts for James from you, Sean? Oh, James, so good, so good. Um, I can't remember... Who talked about Saul the Paul, the lady uh, early? Um, I've forgotten the name. I'm sorry about that. But yep. but the reality for me is how how amazing you put those two together. Both of them rogues, right? Both of them rogues at one stage, like we all are. And yet, the love of God ultimately is the defining piece that defined who they truly were. You know that the love of God calling uh, Saul to Paul, and and there's the uh, prodigal son or the daughter. All of that that same story. The love of God. Uh, knowing the true identity of that person instead of the the story the backstory of that person but so so powerful because ultimately yeah i know we find identity in that place deep in deep in the the purpose we're created for the love that god has for us well guess what um no need to go searching for any more identity that's for sure James, thanks so much for your call. We'll put a line under any more calls now. Uh, just to quickly come back to a point you made, 20% of sports people, and uh, maybe we're talking professional level, elite level sports people, are suffering some challenges around mental health. Uh, I'm not sure where that statistic comes from, but that would mean that, say, one in five really need something of an extra foundation, something of this new three dimension that some might not even be so familiar with. Mm. They need that to be able to actually survive, even to reach their aspirations in sport. 
and then beyond that, to reach for all of us, the rest of us who are not sports people, to reach the aspirations that we might have to be a, a kingdom-oriented person. But 20%, that's a significant number of people, particularly in sports, Sean. Yeah, significant, but not surprising, Neil, for me. I, again, it comes up. Statistic, I should say, predominantly comes from the study of uh, Olympic level elite athletes, right? And uh, and the, their stories. Um, there's an article written and a number of stories written about the different athletes and their experience and what sports are in. So it's cross sports as well. But the reality is for me that there's, I don't have the numbers, the statistics of local sport and stuff, but I, I'm convinced because I've operated there and because of the stories I hear that it's no different. It could even be worse, to be honest, Neil, because, you know, I was at uh, Port Adelaide Footy Club. Uh, for a number of years, and what I heard there uh, about a 15-year period, that's a footy club, uh, the Port Adelaide Magpies, over 75 years, literally won a premiership every second year, Mm. and yet uh, multiple premiership players. So you can imagine some have won six, some have won seven, some won four or whatever over that period because they just kept winning over that 75-year period. But over a 15-year period, five of those players took their own lives. Mm. Mm. And and you go, well, so – and then then even – I, I like to talk and share with the young leaders about um, about uh, Michael Phelps. You know, twenty three gold medals. There's a picture of him. You can check on YouTube. Picture of him. Uh, I'm sorry, on on Google, and twenty three gold medals around his neck. But you know what? He's been in that dark place three or four times himself, questioning who he is and what his purpose is. Uh, fortunately, a friend of his gave him Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life book, and he's and that has been so significant in helping him actually, as his friend said to him, "Mate, you're too goalful. You need to be." understanding a bit more about being purposeful. So so it's helped him get on a, a pathway where he's won so much, he's had so much success, but he finds himself empty, lost. Who am I? What what what's this all about? You know, what how how does that happen? But for me it's 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 a common story throughout not just sport, throughout our world and we need to understand ultimately what is what is underneath that. And and, and again I come back to that point that it it's it's what we regard as the mental health pandemic and yet I've got no doubt that just about all those issues are rooted in the third dimension elements. They're rooted in identity, in purpose, in self-worth, in elements like that. That's where I believe it, it mo- majority, if not all, of it emanates from those issues. So we need, we need to really have a look at that, in my opinion. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to lead in that and, and to start conversations around how do we lead how do we coach people in those so that we build foundations that people never have to enter into that zone? Undoubtedly, there'll be someone listening saying, where do I start? I don't even know God. I don't even know the Jesus and the Christian things that you're talking about. And uh, my suspicion is uh, that it has to start with that encounter. You know, as we were talking about the uh, you know Saul uh, who became known as Paul uh, the Damascus Road experience. Someone's thinking, well, where do I start? It obviously starts with getting a relationship with God in place, and then beginning to understand what He intends for our identity. So there's a process here. There's a growing, isn't there? But it starts with putting your faith in Christ, uh, discovering who God is and that actually has a good plan for you and not a bad plan, uh, these sorts of things. For people who are wondering where to get a start here, uh, what are your thoughts, Sean? Yeah, Neil, it's, it's so powerful. What you just said then, you want every person who's listening to absolutely understand and believe. Now, I know there's a lot of your listeners are going to be out going, yep, Neil, it's perfect. Exactly what you said, exactly what I know. There's going to be a heap of listeners that I want to speak to right now who are going to listen and go, "What? I don't get that, Neil. 
I'm listening, I love your station, but I don't necessarily get that. So what I would say to them, and I hope this is okay, what I would say to them is that ultimately what Neil's just talked about is it's, it's, it's in relationship that we will truly find our identity and our purpose. It won't be in the things of this world. It won't be in the achievements, the do. It'll be in the who. And the who of our life is in our relationships. But that's where you should start looking. If you're not certain of what Neil's just said, then it doesn't really make sense to you because you're not a person of faith. It's in the who. So ultimately, it's in the who that you're doing life with. And it's who, again, sometimes I like to say it's who we who we belong to. It's it's a funny term, I know, but it's ultimately it's who we're identify with who we identify with so start there start your search today to find out who you truly are and and come to a point where you are understanding that's my identity that's my purpose because if you start that if you're not understanding at the moment and you're listening you start that journey but you start it with a relationship idea that my life is about relationships then you will i think you'll find yourself in the place you need to be sometime very soon Start with the who, not with the The do. do. And uh, you might be at a point sometime where you're going to say, uh, well, whose side am I on? And that identity will come when you choose one side or another. Uh, Wonderful words of wisdom. Fabulous stuff. Sean Hart. And Sean, let's do this again sometime soon, perhaps in the new year, because there's so much more to explore. And uh, I know listeners won't mind hearing some more of this uh, amazing wisdom. Uh, Sean Hart, uh, three-time Premiership winner with the Brisbane Lions, uh, AFL legend of the game. He's been our special guest these days. He currently works with the football program at Bond University on the Gold Coast in Queensland in 3D coaching. To connect with Sean, there is a website. Uh, It's about identity sports. Here's the website address, idsports.com.au, idsports.com.au. Dot com dot au. Sean, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Pleasure, Neil. Yeah, my number's on there, so please give me a call. Love to chat. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 